This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. In the shotgun. Carr's going to throw. Pumps. Looks end zone. Throws for the end zone. Wide open. James Young. I only play the slots because you know what they say scared money don't make money and I got scared money Rodgers to the end zone caught for the touchdown James Jones John Gruden has not coached since 2008 so what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level you know and it's just Cali swag Happy free agency, Raider Nation. It is Friday, and you are listening to a bonus episode of Keeping It 300, brought to you by Blue Wire and our friends at betonline.ag. I'm Fallon Smith, flying solo for this one, but a couple things. James Jones will be back next week to give his take on all these free agent signings, and I'm going to do a podcast on Sunday afternoon with Mitchell Renz, the host of the Raiders Report, so I'm pumped up about that, not sure you know, if I'm going to release it Sunday night or Monday morning, but stay on the lookout for that. But I promised you guys some extra content this week. I did not do small episodes throughout the week like I was planning on doing, but it was because news just kept breaking and breaking. That's just kind of how it happens with free agency. And I didn't want to continue to throw out, you know, small episodes each day and then it not really be timely because... Another signing happens and another signing happens and a what if, but then the signing happens, so my podcast would have been irrelevant. Anyhow, this episode, very, very relevant because the Raiders have signed a bunch of players and I'm pretty pumped. So we're kind of just recapping what they did so far in free agency. I'm going to break down every signing and let you know what I think about each one. Yes, I had to bust out the Beyonce real quick because Raider Nation, the Raiders have gotten better, especially on defense with some major upgrades, upgrades, hence Beyonce, upgrade you, you know what I'm saying? Get it? Cool. (laughs) Anyways, uh, let me list off who the Raiders added this week during free agency. So six defensive players were added. Former Bears linebacker Nick Kukowski, as I mentioned in Monday's podcast, they added the best linebacker in the 2020 free agent class, Corey Littleton. So the Raiders got their guy. You know I'm pumped about it because he's all I've been talking about this offseason. <laughs> Former Cowboys defensive tackle Malik Collins. You have safety Jeff Heath, also from the Cowboys. Edge rusher Carl Nassib from the Bucks, And former Saints corner Eli Apple. Now on offense, they added quarterback Marcus Mariota. No surprise there. And then veteran tight end, future Hall of Famer, Jason Witten. Kind of a surprise there. <laughs> Another cowboy, by the way. 
maybe a few head scratchers, but ultimately a job well done because the Raiders have gotten better. I'll break down each guy in just a bit, but first a little overview. Mike Mayock and John Gruden were hoping to sign two big name free agents, right? They got one of them in Corey Littleton. Unfortunately, they missed out on corner Byron Jones, who I am so bummed they didn't get. He ended up going to Miami. They missed out on Chris Harris Jr., who signed with the Chargers. So the Raiders still have to see Harris Jr. twice a year. I'm pissed. Ugh. I mean, if you were going to stay in the AFC West, you should have signed with the Raiders. But anyway, there was still some hope to get a big-time corner. They could have traded for Darius Slay, but instead... Slay was traded to the Eagles for a third and fifth round pick. And you know what? I'm kind of fine with that because the Raiders need all the draft capital they can get. Plus, get this, the Eagles made him the highest paid corner with a three-year $50 million deal, which is 16.67 mil per year. Yeah, that's a lot. No, thank you. I would have rather have given that money to Jones. And speaking of Jones... The Raiders offered him 17 mil per year to come to Vegas, and he said, no, thank you, and chose the beach over the desert. So I'm a little salty, not going to lie. He signed a five-year, $82.5 million deal, including $57 million guaranteed. So his annual salary, $16.5 million. The Dolphins paid him, but we could have paid him as well. We offered him a little more, and he still signed with Miami. Boo. Anyway, so, you know, you snooze, you lose. We missed out on him. So it looks like the Raiders will have to find their number one corner in the draft or something. uh, Because guess what, folks? Eli Apple, he ain't it. I'll get back to Eli in just a bit. But let's talk some positivity, shall we? The Raiders have finally, 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 whatever, however you want to say finally, but finally (laughs) solved their linebacker problem. At least we hope they have, right? One thing we know for sure, it's been a position of weakness for a decade. Okay? Maybe even more. And they've most definitely upgraded adding Kwiatkowski and Littleton. As I discussed on Monday when it came to Kwiatkowski, they got him at a great price. He's a nice addition. He's been a career backup, but you know what? When you flip on the tape and you see what he did last year, he made the most of his opportunities when called to start last year for the Bears. And you saw that he's a solid run stopper. He's a pretty good blitzer. And, well, I'm going to say decent in coverage. He's not great in coverage. He's decent in coverage. But definitely an upgrade and nice addition for the Raiders. Now to the big splash signing. Woo woo! 6'3", 228-pound, 26-year-old Corey Littleton. Yes, please. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. The Raiders got their guy. And they got my guy. I've been talking about Corey Littleton for about a month now, if not more. They got him at a great price. So Mike Mayock making moves, doing his thing. A three-year deal worth up to $36 million with $22 million guaranteed. Now you compare that to Blake Martinez and what he signed with the Giants. And he signed a three-year $30 million deal. So we definitely didn't overpay, that's for sure. You know, and we got a better player, in my opinion, James He kind of disagrees with me, but no. Corey Littleton was the best free agent linebacker in the 2020 free agent class. So, we got him. Holla at your girl. 
Now, James also spoke about how Martinez never missed games for the Packers. He was very reliable, but guess what? You can also say that for Corey Littleton. You got a durable and reliable guy in Littleton who's been in the league for four years and has never missed a game due to injury. In fact, he came in undrafted four years ago, right, as an undrafted free agent. And he was available to play in every game his first two seasons. And he has played and started in all 16 games the past two seasons for the Rams, while also leading the Rams in tackles for back-to-back seasons. And what I've said for months, the Raiders need a linebacker who can cover tight ends and running backs, especially playing in the AFC West. Well, guess what? Welcome Littleton, a dude who can do just that, cover sideline to sideline. I'm so excited. Um, all right, well, let's look at the stats a little bit. In 2019, so last season, he was the eighth highest graded linebacker. He had four forced fumbles, nine pass breakups, two interceptions, three and a half sacks. He has five interceptions over the last two seasons. And over the last three seasons, he has 26 pass breakups, which is the most by any linebacker in the NFL during that span. Now, what gets me most excited about having Littleton and Kukowski a linebacker is this. Last year, the Raiders were in the nickel for 73% of their snaps. So playing two linebackers, right? That's what they do for the majority of their snaps. So if that trend continues, the Raiders will basically have a pretty darn sweet coverage linebacking unit with Littleton and Kukowski. I still need to see more tape of Kukowski to be sold on that part. But let me tell you, definitely an upgrade from Tahir Whitehead, Nicholas Morrow, and Will Compton, and those guys. But Will, I love you, bro. I wouldn't mind the Raiders signing you back. The moral of the story is the Raiders turned their weakness into strength in a matter of days. So good job, Mike Mayock and John Gruden. All right, moving on. The Raiders looking to get some pressure from the interior. That, in my opinion, was a must this offseason. So they added... Defensive tackle Malik Collins from the Cowboys. I like it. He's young. He's turning 25 in April. Last season, he finished with four sacks and had 48 total pressures. So, for comparison, Max Crosby had 45 total pressures last year. So, get excited to have those guys playing alongside each other. Oh, and guess what? He is reunited with Rod Marinelli, who was the Cowboys defensive coordinator last season, and now... The Raiders defensive line coach. So I'm sure Marinelli put in a good word to get that signing done. And I'm sure he has high praises for Collins. And he wouldn't have, you know, vouched for him unless he thought the Raiders were going to get an impact player. So Collins is a nice addition to a group that includes Mo Hurst, Jonathan Hakins, and P.J. Hall. So hopefully next year you're going to see more pressure and more sacks coming from the interior and, you know, just taking some some of the load off of the edge guys like a Max Crosby, who, in my opinion, carried the front seven last year. All right, moving on. Marinelli got another one of his former players, another former Cowboy. But I actually think this was more on Raiders special teams coach Rich Basaccia, who probably had his hand in this because he knows this guy very well. The Raiders, they signed safety Jeff Heath. So, again, another Cowboy. The deal is reportedly a two-year, $6 million deal with $2.9 million guaranteed. Both Basaccia and Marinelli coached Heath in Dallas. Heath started 13 games for the Cowboys last season. He had 63 tackles, 22 solo tackles, 7 pass breakups, 
while also, according to Pro Football Focus, allowed 31 receptions for 324 yards and two touchdowns in coverage. His Pro Football Focus grade for last year was a 68, which ranks 35th among safeties in 2019. So, I don't know, he's average at best, but he's a great special teams guy, and he's going to be a huge addition to that unit. But with the signing of Heath, um, it kind of looks like him and... Eric Harris will be competing to start alongside Jonathan Abram. But who knows? Maybe the Raiders get another safety in the draft. I don't know. Free agency isn't over. I don't really see anybody out there who they'll sign, though. Um, And the Heath signing, unfortunately for for me, because I'm bummed about this. And I know Raider Nation was slightly bummed as well. Maybe you guys were torn. I don't know. But the signing of Heath signaled the end of former first-round draft pick Carl Joseph's time with the silver and black. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, man. But I mean, we all kind of saw the writing on the wall, right? And I spoke to Carl this offseason, and it didn't really, I didn't really get the sense that, you know, he was coming back. And it wasn't because of him, actually. <laughs> uh, Carl wanted to remain a Raider, but he also wanted to be wanted. And let's just say the feeling wasn't mutual. He wanted to be a Raider more than the Raiders wanted him, point blank, period. So he ended up signing a one year deal worth $2.5 million with the Cleveland Browns. Ew, he's going to be in Cleveland. Gross. But yeah, only a one-year, $2.5 million deal. It's basically a prove-it deal since he's coming off an injury and has, you know, he's had injury issues since entering the league in 2016. The crappy part about this, in my opinion, is he just can't catch a break because he was playing the best football of his career before his injury. And his season ended with a game-sealing interception, which he ended up getting, you know, injured on. But that's how his season ended last year. And that's how his tenure with the Raiders would end. Sucks for him. He was a class act, one of my favorite guys to talk to and interview. Um, I have nothing but respect for him, and I hope he balls out next year and gets a big-time deal in 2021. Please stay healthy. I'll be praying for that guy. Well, speaking of the Browns, former Brown and former Bucks edge rusher Carl Nassib is joining the Silver and Black. Uh, the Raiders adding depth to the edge to go along with, you know, Max Crosby and Cleveland Farrell, who I believe Farrell will have a breakout season next year. We talk about, you know, Farrell being a reach at four last year and how he didn't live up to expectations. And Max was kind of the guy, you know, a fourth rounder who really played like a first rounder. But I really believe Farrell is going to take that next step this year and and live up to the billing. Um, it's going to help with the added pieces around him, you know, at linebacker and defensive tackle to have a stronger supporting cast. That definitely is going to help uh, help Farrell, help Max, help the whole defense out. Anyhow, back to Nassib. <laughs> what I like about Nassib is his motor. Him and Max have nonstop motors when they play. And the coaches are going to love this. I mean, that's probably why they signed him, to be honest. I think Nassib is a total Gruden guy and a total Mayock guy, football guy, you know, just loves football. He's had six sacks in each of the last two seasons, 36 quarterback pressures last season. And this dude is just plain smart. Y'all remember him a couple years back on Hard Knocks with the Browns? And he was discussing financial planning before a team meeting. <laughs> uh, and it just went over everybody else's head. But he was trying to, you know, drop some knowledge on these youngins. 
This is a guy who didn't want to pay for a financial advisor, so he learned about financial planning and investing on his own. And he's just really, really smart guy, really smart with his money. So I like that, you know, high character guy. That's what Mike Mayock loves. Um, the thing I didn't love, though, about this signing is how much it cost. <laughs> Three years, $25 million, with $17 million guaranteed. He's going to have fun investing that and saving that, huh? Um, but, Lord, he got paid. That's a steep price for a dude who, in my opinion, I don't think he's a starter. He's just a, a depth piece. But according to that price tag, you have to believe that the Raiders believe that he's going to have a big role on this defense. So we shall see. Either way... You know, I think he's a great addition with Max and, and Farrell, um, considering Benson Mayoa is likely, you know, out the door. And Arden Key, he's coming off injury. I don't know what's going to happen with him next year, but I like that they added him and added some depth. So rounding out the six defensive free agent signings is former Saints corner Eli Apple. The Raiders were looking for a number one corner to pair with Trayvon Mullen, okay? But they missed out on Byron Jones. Chris Harris Jr. and Darius Slay. So, insert Eli Apple. Yeah, the signing leaves much to be desired at corner. (laughs) I'm sure Mayak and Gruden will address that need in the draft, but Eli does provide depth at corner and has potential as a former first-round draft pick. And honestly, the Raiders have been pretty high on Isaiah Johnson, you know, their 2019 fourth-round pick, who missed most of his rookie season with that facial fracture that he was dealing with, uh, that concussion. So I'm sure that he's going to get some some major playing time. Also, you can't forget about Nevin Lawson, who's also in the mix. So I don't know. But what I kind of know, <laughs> or at least I'm just going to assume, is that this probably signals the end of Daryl Worley's time with the silver and black, right? You would think. Either way, we're going to see where Eli fits in. The contract will say a lot. I don't know how much his contract is worth because that hasn't been reported yet. Darn it. Um, But the numbers will obviously be a telltale sign of, you know, what the Raiders think of him and what they believe his impact will be. So for me, if I was giving out grades, honestly, I'd probably give this like a C minus or something because we all know the Raiders need a number one corner, right? Um... And he's obviously not it. I hope he proves me wrong, though. I love when people prove me wrong. I want the Raiders to to do well. Um, But I just have a concern about his past. You know, you look at his past. He was the 10th overall pick, right, with the Giants in, what, 2016? And in 2017, he had issues with them, including conduct detrimental to the team. So the following year, in 2018, he was traded to the Saints. And the Saints declined his fifth-year option last year. So he played two seasons with the Saints, and they said, thanks, but no thanks. And that's how he became a free agent. But he is athletic with size and length. You can't deny that. But he is consistently inconsistent. And the Lord knows the Raiders' defense has had issues with that for years. So why add another inconsistent player? I have no idea. But maybe they know something that we don't. Who knows, but hopefully the pressure up front will help the guys in the secondary, but, you know, I'm just not a huge fan of this signing, especially based on his numbers. So check this out. In his four-year career, he's allowed 13.2 yards per reception, nearly a 61 completion percentage, with a 99.9 passer rating against him. I know the stats don't tell the whole story, but, yeah, I'm not a big fan. Okay? We've already tried our hand at uh, a bunch of DBs, and it just has not worked over the years. 
So I, I just don't have much hope when it comes to Eli Apple, but we'll see. So Raider Nation, those were your six defensive free agent additions. The defense already looks much better with some upgrades to some starting positions. You got some depth. And guess what? We still have the draft coming up in April, so get excited. All right, well, um, I have to take a quick break. But when we come back, I'll discuss the two additions on offense and how the Raiders should attack the 2020 draft. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, Blue Wire listeners, with currently no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you may think there's nothing to bet on. Well, guess what? You're wrong. There is. Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, and they're all open 24 hours a day and all online. I know you're bored at home, guys, so power up your laptop and go to betonline.ag. Sports aren't totally done, guys. There's still mixed martial arts, and esports, as you know, is on the rise. Oh, and if you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Hopefully that is not going to be canceled. But be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your new ticket to online action. All right, we are back. It is time to discuss the Raiders' offensive additions from free agency so far. But let's start with this. For all of you Tom Brady to the Raiders hopefuls out there, sorry to break your heart. He has signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. TB to TB. Lord, that actually sounds so weird. I cannot believe I just said that. But yes, he made the signing official today. And according to reports, the Raiders didn't even offer him. In fact, they told his agent they weren't interested at the Combine. So, (laughs) so much for all those rumors. Anyways, I just never thought that he was going to leave New England. But dang, he left New England, y'all. But he didn't want anything to do with the AFC West. (laughs) He could have signed with the Chargers, decided not to do that. Um, anyways, I can't believe Tom Brady is not going to be in New England and he's going to be the NFC. Oh, that is just so, so weird, bro. All right, back to the Raiders. So this doesn't come as much of a surprise because this was a rumor floating out there for the last couple of weeks, but the Raiders have signed former Titans quarterback Marcus Mariota. I like the signing because the Raiders now have a quality backup who can push Derek Carr. At first, I wasn't on board because I didn't want there to be a quarterback controversy at camp. I'm like, oh my gosh, the Raiders just don't need the drama. Derek Carr always looking over his shoulder. But you know what? He's going to push Derek Carr. And I guarantee Derek Carr will not give up his starting spot. He's going to just get better. For you guys who think Mariota is going to be the starter and say, nah, they signed a starter. They didn't sign a backup. I think you guys are crazy. I don't see it happening because... He's just not better than Derek Carr. I'm sure you guys want him to do to Carr what Ryan Tannehill did to him. (laughs) I don't see that happening. Now, Tannehill did lead the Titans to the AFC Championship game. So if Mariota could do that, then hats off to him. But I, again, do not see that happening. I think Derek Carr can do that himself. Okay? 
for sure, I think with the upgrades that they've made on defense and then you add a number one receiver, I honestly think the Raiders are playoff bound next year. I'll say that with more confidence and conviction after the draft. I want to see who they have. I want to see what their roster looks like. But so far, they're headed in the right direction. I think Derek Carr is going to be totally fine. But what you are getting with Mariota is, again, a solid backup option, a former first-round pick, an athletic quarterback. And just to remind you what I said a couple weeks ago on the pod when these rumors were swirling about Mariota coming to the Raiders, um, back in 2015, Mike Mayock was the NFL Network's draft expert, and he had Mariota as a top-rated quarterback in the draft ahead of Jameis Winston. Mayock even compared Mariota to Colin Kaepernick. And also that same year, Gruden, who was with ESPN at the time, said, quote, he's a legitimate dual-threat quarterback. This kid is going to be the still of the draft. (laughs) So obviously they loved Mariota back then. And clearly they're pumped to have him now. Contract deals are still not out. I'm interested to see, you know, what the deal entails, (laughs) because that will also tell us more. But they're excited to have him. They love him, but I don't think he is going to be the starter. But this is what has happened. The quarterback room just got better, so that's all you could ask for. Now, just as a little reminder to throw James Jones up in the mix, I'm going to play what J.J. had to say a couple weeks ago when the rumors were swirling about Mariota possibly coming to the Silver and Black. What you said was very true. He's a solid, solid backup in this league. So if you're any team saying, okay, what are we going to do with our backup quarterback position? Then, yeah, you should take a look at Mariota because he is a solid quarterback that could come in there and win you some ball games and make some plays with his legs and things like that. But a starter to get every team to where they're trying to go and every team comes into the season trying to win the Super Bowl, Marcus is not that guy. But a solid backup if something happens to the starter, absolutely. So if you feel like, hey, man, I really like this kid out of college, obviously we all mess up on the draft sometime. You yeah. know what I mean? That's why that's why they're called bust. You know what I mean? And right now, Marcus could be on that bust side of it, you know, whether you thought he was going to be dominant coming out of college, Mayock and Gruden. But right now, when I look at the kind of offense that Gruden runs, Marcus is not that guy for this offense. Mm -hmm. Coach Gruden is a West Coast offense guy. Throw the ball all over the field, hand it off, ground and pound. Yeah, whenever you need to make a play with your legs, sure, go out there and make a play. But he ain't running no Baltimore Ravens offense and and things like that where he really wants the quarterback to run and all that every time. You need a quarterback that can slang the ball all over the field. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And Marcus is not doing that. So solid backup, absolutely. So I wouldn't be mad at the Raiders for saying, hey, man, if you want to come in here for the right price to be a backup quarterback for us, yeah, but he's nowhere near as good as D.C., though. But at the the end of the day, competition is good for everybody. It's never time to relax, never time to get comfortable. You're always striving to be the best. So competition is good for everybody. If DC go out there, see him out there, hey, he know I got to show up every day. He And if he walk out there and they got, you know, an eighth-round pick behind him, I still got to show up every day. That's just the name of the game. But solid backup in this league, absolutely. So he was all on board for this. But again, Derek Carr will be the starter. 
Actually, you know what's funny? <laughs> Let me just be honest for a second. I mean, keeping it 300 all the time, but if we are going to keep it 300, I say that, you know, I say Derek Carr is going to be the starter, but honestly, I don't put anything past John Gruden. <laughs> you know, I just, I can't because nothing surprises me anymore. Um, maybe he wants to prove that he can resurrect someone's career, you know, because he's supposed to be the quarterback guru, but I know he also wants to win, and in my opinion, Derek Carr gives the Raiders the best chance to win. So, We'll see what happens. All I have to say is training camp should be very, very fun. I hope the Raiders can like do something unprecedented and be on hard knocks for back-to-back seasons because that would be awesome. All right, lastly, the one that was a head-scratcher for some, including myself early on, the Raiders signed former Cowboys tight end Jason Witten. So they've gotten, what, three Cowboys so far? Uh, when I saw this, I was like, huh, what? The Raiders did, hold on, what? <laughs> He's a Gruden grinder. I'm sure they have ESPN stories they can share, Monday Night Football stories that they can share. Maybe, <laughs> maybe uh, Witten sign so he can get some tips if he ever wants to get back in the booth because you know how that turned out. It's a little rough for Mr. Witten, but... Anyway, so again, initially I thought, what in the world? You know, the Raiders have Darren Waller, Foster Moreau, and Derek Carrier. Why in the world are they going to add a 37-year-old to the mix? Who, by the way, will be 38 years old in May, okay? Then I sat back and thought, you know what? I actually like this signing. He's a reliable receiver. He's a good run blocker. And as a 16-year veteran, he can help mentor and, you know, help lead Waller and Moreau. And, of course, Carrier. But, you know, top two guys are Waller and Moreau. Um, He can be that coach on the field. Some of you may say, well, Waller did just fine without a mentor. Yeah, you're right. He did. But I guarantee you that Waller will tell you he has only scratched the surface of his potential. Guarantee it. And Foster Moreau even posted on his Instagram a photo of Witten, right? A photo of the of the news that he was coming to Las Vegas. And he said, quote, Dude, incredible. Been my favorite player in the league for years. Can't wait to pick the brain of a legend. See? They're going to pick his brain. And let me tell you, he used to be the best of the best. You know, he is a future Hall of Famer. Yes, he's lost a step or a few steps. <laughs> A lot of steps, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's weird doing a podcast by myself. I just laugh at my own jokes. Anyways, but yeah, he's he's lost a few steps, but but let me tell you, he still has all of that knowledge of 16 years in the game, you know what I mean? And playing at a high level. So they're on board, so I'm on board. Oh, and also, I guess this is a, a nice little addition, former Raider Lincoln Kennedy, he actually tweeted, some of the nation have questioned why sign Witten. Well, last year, the Raiders ran a lot of multiple tight end sets due to lack of wide receiver depth. Witten adds to those packages. He's a good route runner and knows how to get open. This is a good short-term move for the Raiders. I like it. So, yeah, I like it too. However, I didn't like the price tag. One-year deal worth up to, what, $4.75 million? But guess what? That's the running rate for a future Hall of Famer and a guy who's been in the league for 16 years. And listen... He still caught 63 balls last year. He had 63 receptions last year for 529 yards, averaged 8.4 yards per reception, had a long of 33, he had four touchdowns. He's not trash. So yeah, I don't really mind this signing at all. 
With that said, free agency isn't over. The Raiders may add a couple more pieces. Shoot, they may add some while I'm doing this podcast (laughs) or over the weekend. I will not be updating this, darn it. Anyways, I would like to see them go after, you know, maybe one of the free agent wide receivers that are available. They're not going to be the number one receiver for the Raiders because, ooh, we're about to get that in the draft in the first round. But there are some options out there. You still have, this is what's so crazy, you still have Emmanuel Sanders, Robbie Anderson, Demarcus Robinson, and Brashad Perriman. Those are some nice options. Part of me is surprised none of these guys have found homes, but then the other part of me isn't. Because, in my opinion, the depth of the 2020 wide receiver draft class is really driving down the market price and the interest of these free agent wide receivers. I'd be hot if I was them, but um, yeah, they haven't found homes yet. And the Raiders have some cash left and can probably get one of them for cheap at this point. So, you know, if you can sign one of them Raiders, go out and do it. And then you add another amazing piece or two (laughs) in the first round. Um, So to recap, the Raiders are in great shape, okay? The Raiders are in great shape entering the draft next month. They have filled some big needs on defense. They still need to add a number one corner and a number one receiver, both of which they can get in the draft as I've said multiple times during this podcast. I remember when I wanted the Raiders to draft, you know, a wide receiver at 12 and then a linebacker at 19. Well, they no longer need to get a linebacker early. So now I'm actually on board with the James Jones strategy. If the Raiders do not sign one of those free agent wide receivers, well, guess what? I am all for wide receiver at 12, wide receiver at 19. What's up? Ferrari. We trying to build a Ferrari or what? (laughs) You want a Ferrari? I want a Ferrari. But guess who may get in our way at 13? The dang San Francisco 49ers, who now have the number 13th overall pick after trading DeForest Buckner to the Colts for a first round pick. I am salty. Darn it. Because they most definitely will snag a wide out at 13, let's be real. But the good news is, with the deep wide receiver class, we'll still be in good shape. But don't take Henry Ruggs at 13, please. A lot of you guys want Judy over CD. Not me. I want CD Lamb and then Henry Ruggs. Um, so, yeah. Honestly, I don't see the Raiders going wide receiver, wide receiver. But you never know. <laughs> like I said, you never know with John Gruden. Never, never know um, if some if a corner is there at 19 without, you know, reaching. If you can get great value at 19 for a corner, then I guess do what you got to do. But I'm all for wide receiver, wide receiver if you can't pick up any of these free agent wide receivers. So there you go. That's my draft strategy. It'll probably change next week. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this bonus episode of Keeping It 300. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope you enjoyed my breakdown of the Raiders' 2020 free agency so far. Make sure you look out for a new episode of Keeping It 300 in just a few days with Raiders report host Mitchell Rents. Till next time, I'm Fallon, and I'm out. <laughs>